What's up, Gen X? Welcome back. We are jam-packed today, so we will jump right into it. Uh, we are going to revisit the topic from last week of that horrific shooting in Uvalde, Texas, because the updates have been coming fast and furious since we last spoke. And honestly, it just keeps getting worse. Yeah, it you, you like to hope that once you get more facts, things start to come a little bit clearer and make a little bit more sense. And this seems to be the exact opposite. And it seems to be a case study for why we always wait for all the facts before we start making up our minds about something. And this is proving that out. I don't know what's going to come out uh, after this that could possibly change my mind as to where I, I, I think it's starting to make sense here, but we shall see. But it's one of those cases that you know, a week ago it started out that we were horrified and sad, and now, honestly, it's moving to where I'm just furious. I'm furious about what went down there. It's just it's heartbreaking. It's sad. And so many people were just let down. It's 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 infuriating. But like I said, details are still coming out, and the Texas Rangers are investigating the response of the police to the shooting. But so far, here is what we know: the shooter was outside of the school for about twelve minutes and was shooting at random. He also gained access to the school through a door that was propped open by a teacher. Now, you got to think how horrific it must be to be that teacher who propped that door open. Because I know I, for one, anytime I go to one of my kids' schools to drop off a lunch or to pick them up or whatever, it's anything but giving a, a DNA sample to go in there and and have access to so much as the office. And the fact that uh, he was able to go in a door that was propped open that shouldn't have been, it, it just baffles the mind. Uh, we also know the police entered the school roughly two minutes after the shooter, and a tactical team of about 19 officers stood down in the hallway outside of the classroom for 77 minutes. And Pete Arredondo, who is the school police chief, district police chief, and I know Texas has a, a different way of organizing things with their school districts, and for me it, it seems very odd and strange. The fact that a school district police chief exists feels odd, but... Pete Arredondo is that in Uvalde, Texas. And apparently he's the dude who made the decision to not enter the room. He judged incorrectly that it was not an active shooter scenario, but a hostage scenario. And there is also some quotes by officers that uh, it was feared that the officers could be shot which would be horrific, but instead of officers being shot at, somehow, to Pete Arredondo, 
it made more sense to have 10 and 11-year-olds shot at and their teachers. We also know that parents urged police outside of the school to do something, politely at first, then urgently, and then in full-out panic. And I, for one, do not blame any of those parents for one millisecond. I would be fit to be tied. I am amazed that they were even polite at first, but but we do know that and that they were rebuffed. We also know that the parents were assured that the students were safe. You know, communications went out from the school and from the district that the building was in lockdown, everything was secure just minutes after the gunman entered the building. And parents were urged to stay away because everything was safe. We know that some parents throughout the 77 minutes were cuffed and others were tased as they were demanding that action be taken and they were wanting to go in and do something themselves. And again, I am fully behind all the te- the parents on this one. You know, again, I for one would be running in there uh, ready to do something with my bare freaking hands and I don't blame any of the parents. And one of the videos I saw, there were moms that were were in tears and were willing to run into the school. And I don't blame them for a second. We know that an off-duty Border Patrol agent, it was the one who entered the classroom on his own and took out the shooter and did so using a borrowed gun. And so again, none of the officers in SWAT and tactical gear outside the classroom were the ones that did it. A Border Patrol agent, who I believe was also a parent of a student at the school, was the one who didn't. We know that students called 911 three times from that classroom at least while the shooter was in the room. Um, We know that officers participated in live active shooter drills just weeks prior to this shooting. And also, heartbreakingly, we know that Joe Garcia, who was the husband of one of the teachers who was killed, died of a heart attack the day after the shootings. Some would say literally of a broken heart. And in the process between he and his wife, in a matter of days, leaves behind four kids. So, again, we say wait till all the facts come out. And those are the facts that have come out in the past week. And again, none of that, for me, makes it any better. In fact, it makes it much, much worse. And it makes me furious. Uh, Makes you think that it's somewhere between, at the very best, gross incompetence. And at the very worst, somewhat complicit and allowing this to happen. It's just unfathomable the response that happened here. Um, you know, again, the Texas Rangers are are investigating it, and uh, Pete Arredondo has been... There's been some di- uh, disputing reports that he has either refused to answer any further investigatorial questions, or he's just been slow to it and as, out of respect to the families. I, I, don't, I don't know which is which. I don't know if either, if either one is better than the other. Uh, but it's one of those where it seems like someone's head should roll, 
figuratively, you know, jobs should be lost if not individuals prosecuted. Um, it's it's just it's awful, awful, awful. Um, and and that's without even getting into the uh, conspiratorial nature where some were, could allege that something like this was even just allowed to happen so that an anti-gun agenda could, could be pushed. So without even going there, everything, all the facts that, that, that I've read you just are horrific. And in my book, everybody who was tasked with doing something and keeping these teachers and students safe failed in every possible way and it is like i said infuriating because you know we rely in our society on police to run toward the danger not away you know they're the ones who have the training they're the ones who have the skill they're the ones who have the capacity and and the arms to do so at any given time what we don't expect is for them to stand down in a hallway for over an hour while some crazed 18 year old is methodically shooting and killing teachers and students. How uh, shame on you. Every one of those in that unit ought to be ashamed of themselves, and I'd be shocked if any of them have been able to sleep over the past week. And it kind of brings to mind that peon from Parkland, Florida, who is the school safety officer, when that nutcase went into that high school and started shooting kids elected to run away and hide rather than to take out the shooter. And even this past week, you know, we're learning that apparently an ex-FBI agent was participating in the chats with that racist Buffalo shooter from that uh, grocery store the week prior and is possibly even going to be tried as an accomplice in that thing. I mean, where are the systems, right? I mean, we expect these officers, these FBI agents to help, especially help kids of, of all things, help kids. I mean, I'm a grown man. You know, I, I, if, if one of these guys said, uh, dude can take care of himself. And even if he's wrong, I would at least get it, you know, as an adult, I mean, these are 10 and 11 year old kids. Good Lord, dude, where's your soul? I mean, those moms outside of the school were willing to run in with their bare freaking hands and you tase them? You cuff them? Dude, dude, and you're in Texas. Dude, you're in Texas. And there's anywhere in this country where you would expect that not to happen, it's in Texas. Rural Texas at that. I mean, where are we? Like I said, everything I'm learning over this past week that's come out from this thing makes it worse. It just makes it so, so worse. You know, and then you think how we have gone through two calendar years of a frothing at the mouth, defund the police movement. Well, you know what? This is what it looks like. This is what defund the police looks like. Because, I mean, the, the, the police that responded to this might as well have either not shown up or just shown up with, with sticks and rocks. Because effectively, that's what happened. So if you're down for defund the police, this is what it looks like. This is what happens to a school of 10 and 11-year-old kids 
if you defund the police. Because in, in order to function, the individuals that we task with helping us ought to be the ones to do something about it. And for someone who over the past two years, maybe not overly enthusiastically, but at least out of principle, has been supporting the police through all of this and in the face of the defund the police, you're not making me look good, man. You're not. You're just not. You know, you might as well defund the police. I mean, if you're not going to do a thing, might as well. Good Lord. Now, I mean, now where were the social workers, right? Because th- those are the ones that were going to help out in, in these scenarios. But again, they let us down too. Because like the Parkland shooter and the Buffalo shooter, this kid was known. It's not like he came out of nowhere. He wasn't some illegal immigrant. I mean, he he came up through the system he had disturbing instance after disturbing instance. He was known to school officials, to police, and it still happened. So where are the social workers? That was the response of the defund the police movement. So as far as I'm concerned, the fund the police and defund the police all broke down in Uvalde, Texas, for those poor kids and those teachers. And predictably, now they want to take away guns because, of course, they do. That is the very childlike response out of any heartbreaking scenario like this, when you're trying to make sense out of the nonsense. Go after the guns because at least you know that that makes you feel good. And and you think about this circle jerk of logic that these clowns have. Again, this we're talking about two years of defund the police. So we have a government that is systemically racist and police are racist. And therefore we need to defund the police and we need to take away your guns. And then we need to give those racist cops guns because they're the ones who are going to protect you. And somehow to these mental adolescents, this makes sense to them somehow. I don't know. But like we said last week, you know, do something is not a policy stance. It's just not. And, you know, it's just all you can to keep from getting whiplash from rolling your eyes. And if you look at any social media over the past week from the, you know, do something, we take away guns. No one should have a gun. Who needs a, a rifle? Who needs a military style rifle? Never mind the fact that an AR-15 is not a military rifle is a semi-automatic rifle and a very low caliber caliber rifle but it is not a military rifle a military style rifle just means that it looks really dangerous but they want to take them because you know it'll make them feel good but you know, do something take away the guns it could have been our kids it could have been our kids it could have been your kids and look at all these people with taking pictures with their, their kids and their guns. Like Lauren Boebert. Look at her with their kids taking guns. They, they talk about grooming. Well, that's grooming. Yeah, I, I don't, I'm not sure that teaching children or adolescents proper gun safety and gun etiquette equates to uh, gender-fluid grooming. That's not really the same thing in my book. You know, teaching a kid to be responsible with a firearm instead of being ignorant and thinking that a 
military style rifle is a, is a military rifle. I, that, that's not the same in my book. You know, knowing that AR sta- stands for Armalite rifle and not assault rifle or automatic rifle, that, that doesn't equate to grooming in my book. But here we have a country, and we are just not a serious country, because in this country, 150 people a day die from fentanyl that is pouring across our southern border that we refuse to secure. And is now, fentanyl is now the leading cause of death among adults in our country. And as heartbreaking as this school shooting was, or any of these shootings are, it is still pales in comparison to the 150 people per day. I mean, you think about the frothing at the mouth that's happened because these 20 or 19 kids and two teachers were were killed unnecessarily in a heartbreaking way. But we have 150 per day dying because of fentanyl. And if if we even mention the word border, you are going to be called a racist. We are not a serious country at all. Remember what we're we're supposed to sorry, Siri. We are supposed to give up our freedoms because we're sad. Is that where we are? Because we're sad and, and we and we and we're expressing our feelings on social media. We're sad. Go fund yourself. Seriously now. Give money to the victims' families and, and help them pick themselves up. But you can go fund yourself. And honestly, this is a case study for why the Second Amendment exists and why it's important. And why we should not ever give away any freedom for any small sense of security. Because like we said in the past, we have the case study of the Patriot Act, which was supposed to give us security from Islamic terrorism and has ended up with the warrantless surveillance, government surveillance over private citizens and the booming of big data. From the COVID-19 pandemic uh, sprang up some weird totalitarian moves from the government where we had Sarah Brady, who is this Idaho mom, who was arrested because she dared be outside alone with her daughter at a playground. They arrested her for it because we needed to keep ourselves safe. And now we have school shootings and we're supposed to give up our guns. I mean, if in, in 2018, 1.6 million lives, according to the FBI statistics, were saved because of the use of a firearm. So because we're now, we had a big sad, we need to give up our guns and let those 1.6 million lives who were saved on an annual basis from, from the use of, of a firearm or the threat of a use of a firearm. We're supposed to just let them be like those kids in that classroom in Texas? I don't think so. And here we have Justin Trudeau, you know, little Fidel, baby Fidel Jr., uh, just this past week now has made a move like you'd expect a good tyrant to and has now capped all handgun transactions. So no more further purchases. And if you you have a gun, you cannot 
lend it to anybody, give it to anybody. If you die, you can't will it to anybody. They're just supposed to now go away. Yeah, just like a good little tyrant, his his baby daddy, little uh, big Fidel, would be very very proud. And and you know, like I said before, you know, so much of this is just led by either willful ignorance or they're considering those who are ignorant about guns useful idiots. But do you hear Joe Biden this past week state that? A, no one needs these semi-automatic handguns and a 9mm could blow the lungs right out of a body. <laughs> a 9mm. <laughs> not a 45, not a 357, but a 9mm. You know, like I was saying before with the AR-15, you know, pe- people say, no one needs this military-style rifle. I can promise you, anybody who says that, 99% of them have n- not so much as picked up an AR-15, let alone seen one in person. But if you were to take the shells of an AR-15 and stand it next to an actual military-grade rifle, they would be embarrassed. Now, I get AR-15s are dangerous. They can kill people. They are not the most used weapon in shootings. Those are handguns. Those are pistols. Um, but they would be embarrassed when they are, are alleging that these are guns used by our military if, if they compared the size of shells from an AR-15 to an actual military-grade weapon. But they're, again, they're coming from a position of ignorance, and they really don't care, you know, because you know, they, they have a big sad, and they want to do something about it. And then you have that little pissant Robert Francis O'Rourke, who's running for... Uh, governor in Texas again because he, he just needs something, and he's just just playing into the political theater of it all. You know, he's at these meetings and screaming, you know, do something. And you had the the mayor of Uval, they just dress him down and and just shamed him, called him a son of a bang, son of a boom, whatever. Oh, it was great. If you haven't had a chance, cue that one up. You will get some respect for the mayor of Uvalde, Texas. So that's where we are with that. Again, like I said, it's heartbreaking. It shouldn't have happened. There are a lot of people who should be embarrassed. People need to lose their jobs, if not prosecuted and, and go to jail for the response. So we will keep an eager eye out on that and we will touch back here with you on that one. So now the next one I'm going to talk about here was one that caught me a bit by surprise. And the first thing that came to mind was, you know, my, one of my favorite groups listening to when, when I was a kid. And that is those three bad brothers from from Brooklyn, the Beastie Boys. Track 12, Paul's Boutique, What Goes Around. When I when I saw this one, that was the first thing that came to mind. And I'm talking about specifically the verdict that came out from the Johnny Depp Amber Heard civil trial. Johnny Depp won his defamation case on all three counts. And I, for one, was shocked because I know that it is a very high burden of proof to win these types of cases. It's essentially a Hail Mary. You got to you know, absolutely thread the needle, whatever other type of cliche you can think of. And he did it, which was a, a stinging rebuke from that jury 
to Amber Heard. They did not believe her. They thought she was a liar and awarded Johnny Depp $10 million in damages plus $5 million in punitive damages. Now, he's not going to get it all. It's capped. Plus, she doesn't have that kind of cash. Although Amber Heard did win on one count, uh, something something his, his lawyer alleged about you know, the, something with damage to a hotel room or whatever. And for whatever that's worth, she was awarded $2 million with zero in punitive damages. So nets, nets out that you know seven plus million is what Johnny Depp is going to be owed by Amber Heard. But you know, like I said, it took me by surprise. And what even took me more sur- by surprise was, I'm not going to lie, it made me very emotional. Because like I've said before, even if you don't know it, we all know a Johnny Depp who's with an Amber Heard. And that is a very lonely place to be but the results of this it tells me a couple of things number one they just had an awful relationship and they both shared blame but what was slung around in the public arena the jury came to the conclusion that that was all on amber they didn't find her credible they didn't believe her and it really exposed amber for being the lying, crazed sociopath with her her uh, clinically diagnosed personality disorders and absolutely nuts. And what it tells you, boys, no matter how fun and cool and hot you think she is, do not stick it in crazy. Amber Heard, she might be pretty, not worth it. And for her money, Amber Heard is still playing the victim you know she you know, claims that this verdict is now hurting women and and really what it shows you amber is lies hurt all victims it is the cliche of cr- the boy who cried wolf is because now when there are, are actual claims legitimate claims of abuse particularly abuse that has su- been suffered by women people are going to be a little bit less inclined to believe it. And that's sad. Um, because like I said, lies hurt all victims. But what this should mean, and what you know, some like Meghan McCain have stated, that this probably means that Me Too is over. And more, uh, more reason to celebrate the Believe All Women is over. It never should have been a thing. It was an overreaction to begin with. You know, the Me Too movement really sprung out because the in, when the Harvey Weinstein uh, allegations surfaced, it became clear through social media that on some level most women could relate to it. That was was the the sentiment behind the Me Too hashtag. And I think for what it's worth, as far as that goes, there's a lot of merit there. And there's a lot that can be learned from that because, let's face it, men are creepy. Men are gross. A lot of men do a lot of creepy, bad things, whether it's just from creeping on a woman to assaulting or raping her or anything in between. Men do that with regularity. But men aren't the only ones who do that. And that's what the Johnny Depp trial taught us that men can be domestic violence victims too. 
So hopefully, and not uh, the opposite of what the Believe All Women was, this overreaction and overcorrection to the Me Too movement, hopefully there's not an overreaction to Amber Heard and what she did and, and how gross and psychotic she is. Um, but hopefully we can be get back to an actual support of real victims, take all allegations seriously, and hopefully get back to a presumption of innocence. You know, I did see some very, very uh, poignant tweets regarding this throughout the trial that really stuck with me. A couple of them I want to read to you here. The first was from someone um, called Fiona Dodwell. I don't know who she is. She's not a verified user, but uh, her comment during the trial was, the Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard trial shows us a man must go above and beyond to prove he has been abused simply because he is a man. Amber only had to say the words and many believed her. Depp had to expose every little detail of his life just to get the world to listen. Like I said, there are more Johnny Depps out there. You know one. And it is a very lonely, lonely place to be. Very isolating by design. The next one here was a tweet by someone by the name of Jennifer Young. Again, not a verified user, but she tweeted... If this trial has showed us anything, it's how much a man has to fight to prove his innocence. Women only have to say, he did this to me, and it's over for him. That's really scary. Johnny Depp has to win for this to change. I applauded both these women. I appreciate both of them for cutting against the grain and saying that because there were some things that came out in in this that really stung that were really biting for me. And I get, like I said, I was, I was surprised by how emotional this verdict made me and, and, and also how stinging a lot of things that came out of, of that trial uh, were, um, you know, some of which, even if it's not talked about, there are many of us who've experienced exactly what he did. Like I didn't hit you. That wasn't a hit. I didn't, punch you it was a it was a hit it was a slap i didn't hit you that didn't hurt come on man up be a man be a man all that type of shaming that happens way more than you would think and really up until now it's been accepted it's been fine right because you're the guy she's the girl there's nothing that she could possibly do to hurt you but what johnny depp has showed us that that's not the case and even more viscerally is the, is the quote that is probably going to last the longest from it. And many of us have heard something like this in some form at some time before, maybe, sometimes even verbatim. But she said, tell the world, Johnny, tell them Johnny Depp, I, Johnny Depp, a man, am a victim too of domestic violence. And I know it's a fair fight and see how many people believe or side with you. Like I said, that's very isolating. And Johnny Depp was fortunate enough to be able to restore his good name. Now, he'll never be able to get back what he lost. You know, the the film franchises from Pirates of the Caribbean to Fantastic Beasts and, and other projects. I mean, it, it just it destroyed his career over a lie. Over a lie. And over a lie that was done to 
protect her own behavior, her own abuse. And again, like I said, it happens all the time, whether it's, you know, trying to cover up her own abuse, her infidelity, her lying, whatever, just to, didn't care and just to destroy him very publicly because she knew that all she had to do was say the words and she would be believed and he wouldn't. So she gets her just desserts. I stand up and applaud everyone involved who came to this result. I did not expect it to happen. I thought he was going to have to settle for winning in the court of public opinion. But applause to Johnny Depp. He, he got his, his justice, and I'm sure he's sleeping well tonight, unlike those clowns in Uvalde, Texas. So that is it for this week. Like I said, it was jam-packed. It was it was wild, but we'll keep an eye on on some of these uh, these stories, and we'll get back to you on it. Um, in the meantime, I hope you enjoy your beginning of June. Hope all is well in your area of the world, despite all the chaos. And we'll be shrugging it off every step of the way. Till then, shout out and a rest in peace to Ray Liotta, and we'll see you next time. Or whatever. <laughs>